produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, minus one, carry You know what? Florida mm-hmm. schools have started, and Florida has no more common core. So, it's the intrepid trio, minus one, making us the intrepid duo. Right. Plus one field agent to cover. Right. So, there's three of us on the show. Yep. So, it's, it's kind of a spinoff of the old Ryan Reynolds TV show. Three eight intrepid dude. There's no pizza place here, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was one in the commissary, but we don't have anything in the commissary now. So it, it, it's two dudes and a field agent. Two dudes and a field agent, and you brought know, to you on the Agents of Shield Network. <laughs> you know, at least we at least we have a hell of us. True. So and a hell ego. So the voices you've been hearing is. Bart, our field agent, Kylan, and myself, hey. Mike. Eric is dealing with an aim attack on his computer. Pretty much, yeah. And why Thursday didn't catch it, I have no clue. I, you know what? I'm not gonna point fingers because she, she, she runs this whole base, and I'm not gonna make her mad. I'm not a schwaffle. A what? Schwaffle. Schwaffle. Don't I never called you that. I never called you. <laughs> so, um, business side of things first, check out the homepage. Um, check out our affiliates on the right-hand side. Also, too, check out our partners, Found Me and Heroes and Villains, which Heroes and Villains got some great-looking Hellfire Club stuff. But in the last bag. in the last three weeks, or at least in the last month, Star Trek T-shirts. And this counts because it's a Marvel license as well. Jedi and Sith Collection, which is a a t-shirt, a hat, a wallet, and a lanyard individually you can buy. Mm -hmm. And they just dropped the Imperial Stormtrooper Collection today as we're recording. Wow. Which is a backpack, a hat, uh, a wallet, and a lanyard. And it's the stuff that was sold at San Diego Comic-Con first. All right, cool. So check that out. Use the code word field agents. 
all one word, for 15% off your first purchase. Also, to check out the web store where you can get great Mighty Marvel Geeks merchandise along with Wookiee Radio and Weeby Geeks merch as well. So, uh, follow us on social media everywhere but Twitter at Mighty Marvel Geeks, Twitter at Marvel Geeks. So, there. So, how have you guys been since we got the business stuff out of the way? Good. Good. What about you, Bart? I'm okay. That works. I've just discovered colored pencils that look like they have erasers, but they don't. Ah. Ah. You know what you need to get, Bart? I'm sure you've heard us. Well, you you know from the award show when we've done the color your own. You need to get yourself a great Marvel color your own book. There are some there you're going to look at the page and go, holy crap. (laughs) They want me to do what? (laughs) Or you can go the easy route, get the Darth Vader one in which half the pages are already (laughs) done for you. But no, I I have uh, I have a few. I have the Solo. I have Star Wars. Um, I have a Spider Man, and I have a uh, a uh, I think it's Age of Ultron. I look at the Age of Ultron book, and I'm like, holy cow! Some of the pages in the Spider Man one, I'm like, uh, yeah, I gotta work my way up to this level. Because I I have I have Doctor Strange. Yep, I sent you that and- one. Um. Oh, and I got Star Wars. I got Doctor Strange, and I got Star Wars. And, and you look at them. It's like some of the pages. Like, okay, cool. Do my own thing. Nice, easy level. Mm-hmm. And then you get the ones where it's like they've it seems like they've crammed almost every character in the book in there. You're mm-hmm. looking at it, going, uh, where do I begin? <laughs> Seriously, it's like. I I did um I, I I went and bought one that was a non Marvel property uh book and some of the pages in it I'm just like uh maybe if I had three days and nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah, but you- I, and I, it was Dungeons and Dragons. And so some of it was official well, I mean a, a, a bunch of it is based on official Dungeons and Dragons art. So as you look through the book, it'll show you what the page actually, what the original art looks like. Oh, my word. Well, everything with the color, color your own Marvel stuff, all those pages are either covers Mm -hmm. or pages from inside the books. And some of them, you you have to, you're going to need to use every page, every pencil, because... Especially if it's something like uh, what? What? There is one that I did, and I think it had. I think it had Captain Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange. Anyway, there was a lot of blue going on, so I had to find different shades of blue just to make sure I was differentiating between. Because you know Doctor Strange, he, he like he has a deep blue in his you know, right. costume, and Mar- Captain Marvel, she has a deep blue in hers. But I had to find one that was a little more vibrant and one that might have been a little more subdued, and it, it was yeah, it was nuts. Now, I have fun. I I did a, a Spider-Man page where it shows them on the wall, so there's a shadow, mm-hmm. even though it's a nighttime scene. There's still a shadow, mm-hmm. and of course you see the bricks. Not only did I do the red of the bricks, then I went a slightly darker red to help with the shadow, and then a black on top of that within the shadow. Yes. Just to help create that layer and depth of tone. I'm like, if this... I mean, Eric's right. This is your chance to play colorist. 
and kudos to those guys how they do it so quickly hey i was looking at uh the color your own adventures i was looking at that book uh yeah <laughs> for that like i said it's it's like when my daughter had the star wars coloring books it's like oh here's vader and two stormtroopers and it's a it's a bright white page oh yeah uh you're you're almost done just figure out how you're in color the buttons on vader's chest and you're done all colors lightsaber red too that's it yep there you go so uh speaking of which um it has come out i know this was a story from last week but we didn't record it but it's still important enough to talk about Female Marvel superheroes who deserve their own ABC shows. Hulk, or She-Hulk, Valkyrie, and more. Now, She-Hulk has made the realm recently of potentially bringing a show. And we've talked about it, saying, hey, if we want to keep uh, Shonda Rhimes in our in ABC's good graces, give her She-Hulk. And I think we all pretty much agreed to that. Yeah. Most, just for the sake of making her happy to hopefully give Marvel property some respect on, on, the, on the network. Yes, yeah, seriously. Um, but... So while ABC is still deciding how many other Marvel characters to focus on since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes away next summer, uh, here's a list uh, from CNET. Here is their list of superheroes that deserve their own TV series. One, She-Hulk. When Jennifer Walters gets an emergency blood transfusion from her cousin, Bruce Branner, she ends up getting a mild case of his Hulk condition. Mm -hmm. She was a little green with envy. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Just a touch. Jokes could go two ways from here, either better or worse. Yeah. Well, well you know, it's, uh, I, I guess it's just uh, I got nothing. Uh, I, I was trying to find. I, I was trying to find. I was like, uh, what can I say? Something with banner in it. I don't know. Well, she could carry the banner with a new style of uh, lawyer justice type show. You know, where it could be like a Law and Order or even Ellie McBeal type show. Or even if we go the route of ABC, The Practice. Right. Something like that. And again, give it to Shoshana Rhimes. Mm -hmm. It could be a lawyer version of Grey's Anatomy or... A, or a different twist to how how to get away with murder, how to be a superhero and a lawyer at the same time. Um, well, it'll be a different Walter in the park. Ah, ah. You know, this is the one time it's good you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> there, ha- I, speaking of Walter, I have seen a push on the internet that ABC needs to have Barbara Walters do the countdown this year for New Year's Eve. Ready? That way, she does the countdown and it goes 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Barbara Walters. I'm Barbara Walters and this is 2020. <laughs> there is an I, actual I, push for this and that would be so interesting to see. I, I would give her that, yeah. It can only work at one time. Uh, That's true. Number two character, Black Widow. Well, sorry. She did. She, she's so. getting her own prequel movie. But they're saying, yeah. have it even take place before the movie, like when she was a teenager. No. What the a, movie is. A Riverdale-like show. Nope. Nope. Let me tell you something. What we know, from what we know about the Red Room and her training in the Red Room, that is not a TV-friendly, it would not be a TV-friendly series. That would be Hulu. 
Plus, we already yeah. sort of we already sort of got that story with um, Agent Carter. Very true. True. Very true. As clean as that could potentially be. Yeah. Now the Dora Milaje. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be awesome. That could be almost like I know this is going to sound wrong and it's not meant to. It could be almost like the Zulu Warrior miniseries type vibe, but with the women. Yeah. Well, you know, because they, they. I mean, they are. They're, they are the special forces of Wakanda. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's our, in, in a way, it would be Wakanda's version of the SEALs, you know, except they're way more. Here we go. It, more highly trained and have better. It cross between, crossed between the Zulu Warrior miniseries, vibe-wise, mm-hmm. where it's right. talking about the tribe with mm-hmm. a little NCIS. Mm-hmm. And what's that new uh, David... Um, Oh, what's his name? Bill Bornianis, SEAL yeah, Team. Yeah, SEAL Team. Yeah, yeah. With a little, with a little bit of the unit. You remember that show? Oh, dude, I love the unit. Oh man, that, I, I love show. Actually, the Zulu, the Zulu miniseries with the unit. That's the show. There you go. Yeah, that's the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, X twenty three. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. What about you, Bart? <sighs> I feel like 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 we had her in Logan, but but not I Canon. almost feel like if you did that, it'd be setting up a new X Men line, and there has to be a lot more well, coming th- from that. Well, this would be creating a new X Men line, and could help introduce the mutants into the MCU because this would be a whole new X twenty three. I doubt they would use the same girl from Logan since that was pre pre Disney Fox merger. mm Hmm. But the question is, what it would depend on what Disney's Disney's plan was for the X Men. True. And Kevin Feige hasn't said yet. Yeah, if they weren't planning on using them again for a while, they wouldn't want to do that. Just true. Uh, number five, Gamora. Ah, you know what? No, no, because Gamora belongs. Gamora belongs with the Guardians. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just saying that because I don't want to see. Uh, I just want to make it known. I'm all for seeing female characters in solo series. Don't get me wrong. Well, they, but they, I would want. Huh? They're saying uh, if the show focused on why she's the last of her species after everyone was exterminated, uh, and then overcoming her tragic past to later rise up as one of the deadliest assassins in the universe. No, no. Hey, but see, I would say that about any of the guardians. I don't want to see any of the guardians. And solo anything. They okay. work best yeah. as uh, an humble. Uh, number six, Danielle Moonstar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 I'd be good with that. Uh, she is a mutant raised as part of the Cheyenne Nation. Uh, under the guidance of Professor X, she learned to hone her ability to create images of people's greatest fears. It can either focus on her life with other teen mutants or the superhero she becomes later as an adult. Uh, number seven, A-Force. I think that needs to be the movie. That needs to be a movie. There, there's to too many movie. people there. Yeah. Uh, Number eight, which I could take this, and they're saying that she was an Easter egg in Endgame. If that doesn't give it away, then I don't know what does. Spider-Gwen. Okay. I, I could see a Spider-Gwen TV series. And with that one, that could be your Riverdale. That could be your Marvel, quote-unquote, Riverdale, or Pretty Little Liars, or whatever you want to call it. Because mm-hmm. that's her in high school. 
could add a little bit of the music, you know, with her being the drummer and then still being the crime fighter. And I think she's, you know, school action, drum or band action, hero action. She didn't, I think have, that, she didn't have to wear the suit all the time. No. I mean, uh, if you look at um, The Gifted, nobody wore a costume. Yeah. There, there were nods to... To uh, to the to the more familiar characters, there were nods to what they were in the comics. Yeah, but if you're doing if you're going to do a Spider Gwen, you have you have to do yeah the costume. Yeah, Spider Gwen has to yeah. But using uh, the gifted as an example, it it could it could still be done targeting a teenage. Yeah. So uh, number nine, Missy Knight. <laughs> I, I don't think we can though because of uh, her appearing in Netflix and being part of the Luke Cage family. Well, I think here's the thing: because of the way that they, because of the way Iron Fist ended, there, so there were some strong hints at a Heroes for Hire between her, between her and uh, and Danielle. Danielle? Not Danielle. I'm thinking about Moonstar. <laughs> uh, Colleen. All right, uh, so between yeah. her and Colleen, there were some big hints at a Heroes for Hire. A, a female hero for Hire. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. Okay. That's what I would see. But I don't I don't I see it being on I don't see it being on Disney Plus. I it if it was gonna be on if it was gonna be on C It'll go Hulu. Yeah, it have to be Hulu. Yeah. Uh, number 10, which this could run in conjunction with Spider-Gwen, and you could do crossovers, the Black Cat. Yes. She could do her own series. She could do, she could yeah. do a solo series, and I'd be good with it. And then have the occasional crossover once or twice a season with Spider-Gwen? There you go. Or Silver Sable. There you go. Yeah. Um, number 11. The Valkyries. Yeah. Which could be a prequel series leading up to how how the Valkyries came to be and how they were ultimately defeated, leaving the, the few that were left. I'd be good with that. So y'all's thoughts on the list. <laughs> I agree with some, but not all. Yeah. And I mean, there's probably so many more characters. There's enough characters out there. You could make a show about anybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Marvel has shown that it is possible. I mean, they they did mention magic. Magic would be a good one. Yeah. Um. Uh. White Tiger. She'd be a good one. Yeah. Um. And uh, no, you know, they've done it as a cartoon. I would love to see it, maybe live action. Let's do a Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl. Since since the new warriors is it's kind of died, right. um, let's let's do a proper Miss Marvel Squirrel Girl mashup. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next, the Russos say they would have snapped every X Men except for one if they could. Okay. Um. Yeah, of course, many fans were hoping to see the deal between Disney and Fox be final before it actually happened. If only for the possibility of squeezing the X-Men into the Avengers films. While it did not happen, the Russos still had some ideas of how they could have. While speaking with IGN, the Russos were asked about this, and um, here was their surprising answer. 
He goes, the Russo's asked which of the X-Men would survive and which of them would be snapped away in Infinity War. And their surprising answer was, everyone would die except for Wolverine. What do you guys think about that? So, why not Wolverine? Because I would love to see a fiercely motivated Wolverine go up against Thanos, Russo explained. I don't know. That's not really a good reason to do that. So basically saying you you want to see a pissed off dude go off against a god. Yeah, that's basically... I mean, I don't know if Wolverine... I, I mean, as far as power levels go, I'm not sure that Wolverine be able to go against Thanos anyway. No. Well, what is it? Uh, they were talking Scarlet Witch could have killed Thanos with no problem. Oh, I believe that. I mean, she's crazy, and she's just not tapped all the way and tapped all the way into her abilities. But we know she's crazy, so she's crazy. That's good when she's with Vision, but not on the field battle. She's just crazy. <laughs> that may be the episode title too. She's crazy. I well, yeah, cause I, I'm I'm just saying, dude. I mean, I I mean, I if you think about it, um. Thanos was a little scared of her. Yeah. Now, much like watching characters like Black Panther or Guardians fading from the existence, fans would have been devastated to watch the mutants get wiped out as well. But then provide the, the best there is at what he does with some extra motivation to uh, dig those claws of animandium into the Mad Titan himself. Uh, Joe added, it's not our job to give the people what they want, it's to give them what they need. Okay. So... Um, because they continue on when talking about uh, how important the snap is to the future because we're owning it moving forward and there is a really crazy narrative decision to own and it's going to make things really interesting because the universe that these stories take place is in it, it take place in is a really odd one. Uh, Anthony chimed in uh, primarily what drove the choice was we wanted it to be Fair enough, where our lead characters had reached a point of acceptance. They had just accept. They just had. They had to just accept it as their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, now, co-writer Christopher Marcus also explained that Feige loves when big changes like the snap occurs in film, um, revealing that they never considered reversing the consequences. Uh, he was always mm-hmm. pressing for a good-sized time jump and to make it permanent. Do it. We'll deal with it, and we'll just make it more interesting. Hence now why the MCU is now, for a little bit, set in the future. Uh, Five years Mm -hmm. in the future, to be exact. Well, now four years in the future, since we're in 2019. And they're basing it on 2018. Uh, Why would you undo it and go back to zero? We went back five years and undid it. That's a five and a half hour. That's five and a half hours of movie that sort of has no point. You loop back around to the beginning and it never happened. Uh, he was always pressing for a good-sized time jump and to make it permanent. We deal with it. We just make it more interesting. Why would you undo it all? I just... Why'd they repeat this twice? Because they did. So, um, y'all's thoughts. Mm. See, I would think Snap Wolverine. What mutant would you keep instead? Gambit. <clears throat> Uh, I would say maybe go against the green and actually keep keep Scott, aka Cyclops. 
And then you can lead into the crazy Scott that we have now in the comics. True. I mean, the other the other way you could go if you wanted to go younger is younger and unknown would be Cannonball. Yeah. Or Rogue. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of those characters that people know and they love, yeah. but don't ever see her. Yeah. No. Or even Kitty Pride. Imagine if Kitty Pride's the only mutant that survives. I think she would snap. No pun intended. She would. She, I think she would be a nutcase. Yeah, oh gosh, without question, she would. Yeah. So, um, I know, <laughs> Kylan, you listened to Wolverine the Long Night. Yes? Uh, part of it, yes. What about you, Bart? Did you listen to it? Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. Okay. It's been a while, but I listened to it. Well, Marvel is following it up with Marvels, a podcast retelling of the Marvels limited series from Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. Uh, this was a this was a series from uh, the mid nineteen nineties, and now mm. Marvel has released the voice cast for Marvels. So uh, the show cast includes Clifford Smith. That name sound familiar? It does, but I can't place it. AKA Method Man. Oh, my gosh. Method Man as Ben Urick. Okay. All right. Anna Sophia Robb as Marsha Hardesty. Ethan Peck as Mr. Fantastic. Okay. And Seth Barish as Phil Sheldon. Okay. Now, the the Marvels take place in the aftermath of Fantastic Four's battle with Galactus. Or if you go based on Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Surfer, Cloud, Cloudtus. Not Galactus, it was Cloutus. Okay. Because he was just a stupid cloud. Um, of course, high above New York City for the fate of the world. One intrepid photographer, an ambitious college student, and a cynical journalist embark on an investigation to confirm or debunk one of the most superpowered conspiracy theories of all time. Um, the new media team is thrilled to continue to push the envelope of superhero storytelling via the scripted podcast medium. Um, we're passionate about the space and fill. We've brought the right cast story and intrigue to this latest installment. Uh, also in the cast is Louisa Krauss as Sue Storm, Jake Hart as Ben Grimm, Ehad Shira as Johnny Storm, T.O. Rapp Olson as Peter Parker, and Gabriella Ortega as Charlie Martinez. Uh, Stitcher and Marvel have assembled a writing and production team of some of the biggest names in the industry, in the podcasting industry. Um, it is written by Lauren Shippen, uh, directed by Paul Bay, uh, Misha Stanton. Uh, will oversee the sound design. And the series is produced by Harry Go and Jennifer Mannell of Marvel and T-Square and T-Square of Stitcher. Uh, it will begin airing in the fall, 10 episodes long, streaming exclusively on Stitcher, and then gets a wider release in 2020. Could be interesting. I would think so. I mean, yeah, if it was anything like that first one, mm-hmm. it would be li- worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. I did get confused every now and then with The Long Night because just trying to keep up with the different characters. Yeah, yeah. And particularly because I'm so used to um logan not being that person yep i did not realize when logan started showing up and then he would disappear for a while and then come back again that yeah. oh yeah he's still there 
Yep, yep. So uh, still being there, Tom Hiddleston reveals how long he's been lying about the Loki series. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> um, of course, Marvel just officially announced their plans for Loki uh, when Disney Plus was originally announced. Loki series was mentioned then, too. Um, but apparently Tom Hiddleston had to lie to everyone about the project for over a year. Uh, thankfully, now he's able to talk about it. And uh, his time as the God of Mischief prepared him well for the task. Now, when he was interviewed as part of MTV's personal space, he was asked how long he knew about the project and also dropped a tease of what fans can expect. He goes, I knew about six weeks before the worldwide release of Infinity War, which meant I had to go do press for Infinity War going, yep, that's it, guys. Uh, of course, laughing all the way. Of now, course. When Loki releases on Disney+, Plus, uh, it will mark the single longest tenure for Hillston as the character, as the six-hour miniseries will be longer than any of his previous on-screen appearances combined. Wow. The actor is excited at the prospect, knowing that the show will explore the character in ways we've yet to see in the MCU. Because I know this character now. I know. I feel that the audience knows him, and playing him, and playing him truthfully, but presenting him with new challenges, which then I have to change him in different ways, is the most exciting aspect of it. You've got to see his specific gifts, his intelligence, treachery, his mischief, his magic, and then seeing him come up against more formal or formidable, God, can't talk tonight, formidable opponents, like of which he has never seen or known. I wish I could tell you what happens, but I can't. Uh, filming is supposed to begin early 2020. Um, you know, when a Hollywood reporter talked to him about his involvement, uh, he said it's a constant source of surprise and delight that these films have connected with have connected with people. I knew it was a complex. He, I knew he was a complex figure, intelligent yet vulnerable, angry and lost, and broken and witty. I thought it was an amazing opportunity, and it's grown into this network of movies. I could never have expected it. Mm -hmm. So I just want one episode over the entire thing. He's just Cat Thor. <laughs> that would be good. That would be a good one. So, yeah, it's scheduled to debut in the spring of 2021, which means there's going to be a lot of effects. In well, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, it, plus this is a, th this is, this will be a Loki that we don't know. Yeah. And so, you know, I often, my, my attitude is, especially if, if said character you know, went through a different dimension or whatever, you know, then that's that's going to make for some storytelling that we know nothing about. Well, this this is now going to be a different different timeline Loki, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, speaking of something different, we could have a completely different Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Endgame was such a massive movie and heavily upsetting the status quo for future projects projects in fact that the movie was such a big deal it could even be leading to a few changes to movies that were in development that already have scripts including guardians of the galaxy volume 3 now in an interview with comicbook.com uh sean gunn admits he feels that the script for guardians 3 may go through a quick script scrub at some point uh he tells us or he tells comicbook.com that he has yet to read the script for the third film, but expects to read it once it's finalized, saying, I know you know, I think my brother may do, he may do another pass, in which case I would read that version. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be pointed out, scripts get tweaked all the time. I mean, some productions 
make changes as principal photography is well underway. I mean, we've, I mean, look at what happened with Solo. The original directors were, well, morons. And they, had, <laughs> and they had to bring in Ron Howard to, and there were changes made to fix things up. Um, but we also found out that Suicide Squad will be filming shortly. So James, uh, who is writer and director of the Galaxy franchise, has months bef- before pre-production will start on the Guardians of the Galaxy threequel. Or sequel part two. I wonder if they are. Um, I wonder if they're going to focus on making it uh, on trying to recreate the fun that they did in the first one. Yeah, I thought it strayed a little bit from the second one. There were moments. There were, um, but I still think they could have done some of the seriousness they did and still have a little bit more camp, like in the first one, because it worked in the first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, if things were to change, it'd be a direct result of the fan reactions to Endgame and how the various Guardians were responded to by the audience. Another large question mark is Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, He's a character who's set to appear in Thor Love and Thunder, but at least a year or two before Guardians of the Galaxy hits theaters. Mm. Which doesn't mean that a couple of the Guardians couldn't appear in a cameo in Thor, Love, and Thunder to help set up Guardians 3. And since Jane Foster is coming in as Thor, that could make it easier for Hemsworth to be in and out of Thor quick because, well, he needs to get back to the Guardians. So, um, so yeah, what are you guys hoping to see in Guardians 3? I'm really not sure what storyline they could go with. What do you think, Kyla? I, I wonder if... I wonder if well okay if they're looking at I, I well okay let me let me collect my thoughts okay so Guardian here's what I want to see in Guardians three I don't want to see well I know what I don't want to see first I don't want to see them try to recreate what they did in one and two I don't want that uh, I I I think I might be wanting to see the search for Gamora. Uh, but at the same time, I also I have to admit I I think I want to see Thor in that I, I want to see I like how Thor fit in with them, so I what I think what I would want to see would be Thor fitting in with the Guardians on this search for Gamora. That's what I want to see. Okay, which I feel is really what they fed up at the end of Endgame. Right. I think I do want to see Thor in the in Guardians three, mm-hmm. to some extent, um, but I don't want to see it going true diehard as Guardians. Okay, you, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so would you be okay if it was maybe to a certain degree like it was at the end of Endgame, or yeah. are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want to go full blown. Um, I, I don't want to go full blown uh, as Guardians though. Mm-mm. So I mean, I I don't I don't have a problem with if you do uh, like Guardians three, mm-hmm. the the no the as Guardians of Galaxy reference, but don't I don't know mm-hmm. if, by going as Guardians of the Galaxy, you're then taking it from a one series and franchise to a totally new franchise, right? And, yeah. and you can't do that. I don't think you could do that yet. No. So, well, you know, the other thing is, I'm not sure, I'm not sure 
how Thor throws off the mix of the other Guardians. Um, I mean, like, what we saw was, you know, I guess they didn't necessarily view him really as a part of the crew. They viewed him more as a passenger to go wherever he wanted to go. So they were okay with it. I I, I can't see. But yet. I don't know. But yet they're... Thor is looking at himself as being part of the crew with with that whole interaction between him and and Quill at the end. Right. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you got two of the biggest egos in the galaxy right there in one starship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think, Bart? I... Since I don't know, like, the original stories, I couldn't say. All I got... Like I said, Thor needs to be in this Guardians movie in some way. Yes. Some way whatsoever. Whether it's just a dropping off point or something. There has to be more interaction between him and Quill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh I, I agree with Bart. Um I think to see to see more interaction, um I I, I can't see Quill trying to fight him. I can't see him doing that, but I could see Quill making life very hard for him. Yeah, I, I think so. So, uh, now this one's a little disappointing, and I, I'll let Art fill um, fill us in on how he feels about it after the story, because I, I think you guys are going to kind of know how I'm going to feel about this. It's just so many of these are coming like out of nowhere lately. Yeah. Um, from Marvel.com, the fuzzy finale. The unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 50 is coming this November. The end is the best part of Doreen Green's terrific tale. And yes, they spelled it T-A-I. Um, with the final issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by writer Ryan North and artist Derek Charm going on sale in November, what does this mean for Squirrel Girl and all of the friends she's made? Well, you're going to have to read issue 50 to find out. But look at the cover. You got Loki, you got Squirrel Girl, you got Sentinel, you got Galactus, you got Rhino, you got Kraven. Um, Is that a hippo? That is a hippo. I apparently have missed a few issues. Uh, That is a human-esque hippo. Uh, There are some characters on here I do not know. I don't recognize the bear either, but having a bear in any case is perfectly fine. So, uh, it's always sad to see a beloved character close their book, but this is by no means the end of Doreen Gray. After all, all of the friendships she has forged aren't going to explode into thin air. Explosions may or may not be guaranteed. Uh, Here's what Ryan North has said about the ending. It's something rare these days to get to tell a story with an ending, especially a superhero story. But we had a chance, and I didn't want to blow it. The story leading up to issue 50, uh, which is out today, which came out this week uh, with issue 47, is one of the biggest and most impactful ones we've done with Squirrel Girl. And it's not overstating things 
to say that it changes her life forever. But that's what a superhero ending is. In my books, you want to wrap up what you did while setting the stage for something exciting to come next. That definitely happens in The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 50. And I can't wait for you to, to read it. And I can't wait to read your reactions after you've read it. Getting to write Doreen Green has been really special. And I hope you all come along for this final issue and this big blowout adventure. Mm-hmm. So... You know, every every final issue has a certain like you know when you when 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 you hear the the writers or the artists talk about it, they all have a similar feel. Like you know you know you know even if it hadn't happened before, you know right. they'll say, "Well, this is going to be the biggest issue of all time." Like you know they you already can tell that they're talking about taking it over the top, and. I I get it, you know, I do. But, you know, I often wonder how well does that serve the readers, you know? Um, Because, I mean, let's say, you know, how many times – well, I mean, we did the story last year about uh, the – was it the Hawkeye series that ended? And then when it went into trades, all of a sudden everybody started asking for it, you know? And so I often wonder if when they do this and they end a series and everything is big and it's bold and there's explosions and revelations on this stuff, I wonder – how much of that is uh how much of that is that because this is a story that we wanted to tell and how much of it is hey look what you missed right i mean 50 is not 50 is nothing to sneeze at that's over 4 years especially yeah. with the way marvel has handled things now 4 years may as well be 20 you know right but still that'd be like us doing 250 plus episodes mm-hmm. if you think about it that way True, true. So, um, yeah, what, what about you, Bart? I just, the one good thing about this is it's a, you know, it's a superhero universe. She could still show up in other comics. She just doesn't have her own series. Right. And you know too. Yeah, exactly. Now, like, I think a couple of weeks ago, I just found out, like, I think it was, it was an IDW series, Paper Girls, was ending. And mm-hmm. I was devastated because it's such a good story. But that's not some. That's something where the story's ending. There is no more. At least here, Doreen will pop can pop up every now and then, right. and you know it won't be the same because it won't be just her and her friends. Right. Well, but let's, still, let's let's look back at um, what was it last year when mm-hmm. we announced Gwenpool was ending with episode with issue twenty five. Mm-hmm. A little over a year later, she's got a new series. There's now a, maybe if that could happen with Howard. Yes, please. I mean, especially if he's got his own own TV series. Yeah, we need to bring something back so it makes sense. So, mm. um, yeah, I think there's a chance for her to return. I mean, she's a popular enough character. I mean, and she's popular with the comic reading fans. She's popular with the non-comic reading fans. She's popular uh, here on Mighty Marvel Geek. She really is. Well, and I mean, the whole uh, Marvel Rising, her and yeah, um, what Ironheart, you know, the two of them are so big in the Steam community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's so shocking that it's ending. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it's, 
Well, you know what? I wonder if that means is what's the possibility of us getting a new, a new New Warrior series? Could be. It could happen. You know, I'm just saying, you know, especially if there's enough of an outcry, but they maybe they don't necessarily feel like you no know, giving her her own book, but you know, maybe have her lead the the New Warriors. Yeah. Especially if it could potentially tie into the crew that they're going to use for the TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that would be a way to go. I agree. And that should be a way it should go. So, hmm. so yeah. Um. On that note. Here are the picks of the week. Uh, I've got the MU pick this week, so I'm going to start us off. Mm-hmm. Uh, History of Marvel Universe number two. From the dawn of the 20th century to the first meeting of Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom. Learn the secrets of Marvel's history. Who was John Still? Which Western gunslinger helped inspire the first horror heroic age? All this and more revealed. This is by Mark Wade, Javier Rodriguez, and Steve McGevin. McNiven. So, um, Bart, why don't you go next? Uh, my first pick is the Magnificent Ms. Marvel number six. Ms. Marvel's back in Jersey City after a whirlwind space adventure, just in time for a devastating personal tragedy to strike. While her slick new costume can protect her from all kinds of threats, can it protect her from heartbreak? Guest starring the Invincible Iron Man. Okay. Kylan, your first pick of the week. My first pick of the week is Daredevil number 10, brought to us by Tadarsky, Lee Kumar Sharma, and Julian Titino Tedesco. No devils. Only God concludes. Matt Murdock comes face to face with the choices he's made. Hell's Kitchen rises up to fill the void. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Star Wars Dr. Afra number 35. The unspeakable rebel superweapon part four. It's time for Dr. Afra to do what she does best. Honor her commitments. Help people in need. Do the right thing. <laughs> nope, the people she's swindling won't buy that either. Unlucky for them, she's always two steps ahead. Unlucky for her, the steps to lead directly to Coruscant and into the arms of an old enemy. So, mm. Bart, your second pick of the week. Oh, my second pick is very confusing because I could have sworn there was already a Ghost Spider series because I could have sworn I just cataloged it the other day at the library. Um, But this is Ghost Spider number one. So I don't understand the numbering at all right here. Mm. Uh, um, this this may be the one that we talked about uh, within the last month, I think. So I'll let you go ahead and do uh, your... Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy makes her way to the Marvel Universe. Um, with a cloud of infamy hanging over her head on Earth-65, Gwen Stacy now travels to Earth-616 for superhero action and school. The newest student at ESU is about to get a crash course on multiversity as she splits her time between the world she loves and the world she's getting to know. What, but what devious villain has eyes on Gwen's travels? Is Gwen, is Gwen ready to, for what comes next? That doesn't sound like a Ghost Rider. It sounds like a Spider-Gwen book. Well, it said Ghost Spider. Oh, yes. This is a new series. Because they just... I, ca- I cataloged one volume the other day that was actually called Ghost Spider. Right. They wrapped it, and this is a whole new series. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it is confusing on what they're doing. So <laughs> it really is, because um, I think we talked about that, too. It's like, why did they cancel? They, 
they ended the series and immediately start up a new series. And, it, and it's not like they started up like a, a star, like one of the Star Wars titles. Yeah. It's like, this is almost like picking up where we left off, where she's almost pulled a Peter Parker and thrown her costume away and walked off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those deals. So, Mm. Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Deadpool Annual Number 1, brought to us by Dana Schwartz, Riley Brown, and Aaron Cooter. Acts of Evil, eight-year-old Peter Quincy is willing to pay $7 to the person who can kill his bad dreams. And the Merc with the Mouth is on the case. But if Deadpool wants to earn that sweet, sweet paper, he's going to have to throw down with Nightmare himself. Okay, well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars TIE Fighter number five which I've been loving this series. Uh, The Empire Strikes. The mission is to deal a devastating blow to the Rebellion. Can the squadron come together in time to complete the mission? And will any survive the fight? Uh, This is by Jody Hauser, uh, Raj, Antonia, Tommy Lee Edwards, and Juan Gideon. So, Bart, your Uh, final pick pick. My last pick is Valkyrie Jane Foster number two. Introducing the God of the Kill, Bullseye. The deadliest shot in the Marvel Universe just got his hands on the Sword of the God. With the Asgardian weapon Dragon Fang, Bullseye has the power to kill a god in a single stroke. He's about to prove it. Jane Foster, the, new, the newly christened Valkyrie, must learn a hard lesson. Not every death can be prevented. Who is next on Bullseye's list, and what is the assassin really after? Okay. And Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is Fearless, number two of three, brought to us by Shannon McGuire, Claire Rowe, Yasmin Putri, and more. Celebrate the women of Marvel with all new stories. First, a star-studded adventure by Hugo-nominated writer Shannon McGuire. For Captain Marvel of the Avengers, Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four, and Storm of the X-Men, a seemingly simple day at the leadership camp for girls is turning out to be much more complicated and dangerous than they bargained for. Then, Gwenpool, Punisher, and Rick and Morty veteran Carly Pacheco dive into the dangerous world of Night Nurse. And don't miss your dose of her story with profiles on classic and contemporary creators. Okay. Well, those are our picks of the week. Um, A lot of great choices there. I I don't see any flaws in any of them. Um, I have the MU pick, and I know Eric would have picked these last week if we hadn't had, oh, all types of craziness. Uh, oh, that's when easy. that's when Ames started his com- started attacking his computer, mm-hmm. and apparently they hit my car because I ended up having to get a new car. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't just pick one issue out of this five issue miniseries. I have picked all five. And it's the Haunted Mansion one through five. Oh, why? Because Haunted Mansion last Friday just celebrated its fiftieth anniversary of its opening in California. So the Haunted Mansion has been around 50 years. Wow. So uh, with issue one, welcome foolish mortals to the Haunted Mansion. It seems no one lives in the elegant mansion on the hill, but then where's that creepy organ music coming from? And the iron gates are meant to keep people out or some things in. Get ready to meet the 99, 999 ghosts 
of the Haunted Mansion. But be warned, they're looking for the 1,000. Issue 2 is you can enter, but you can never leave. Almost sounds like Hotel California. Uh, Get ready to meet the the haunts, but some of them aren't quite so happy. Madame Leota, Hatbox Ghost, Constance the Bride, the Hitchhiking Ghost. You never know who of the legendary cast from the Disney's world-famous attraction will appear. Danny is trapped within the mansion, but who's trying to help them? help him and who's using him for their own ghoulish plot uh with issue three happy haunts materialize and grim grinning ghosts socialize amidst the singing and joyful ghosts constance lurks and the captain's evil plan materializes grips creep and tombstones quake as dark forces within the mansion are unleashed danny's fate hangs in the balance but as a painful truth comes to light is there anyone he could trust Mm-hmm. Issue four, there's only one way out. That's past her. The captain's power is growing and Danny's enemies are closing in. There's only one chance for Danny to get out of the mansion now, but he need, he'll need to make his way through the attic where Constance the Bride is at her most deadly and especially unwise to confront her as she prepares for her wedding. And finally, with issue five, uh, one foot in the grave. Danny's on the run from the captain. Good thing they're already in the graveyard since Danny isn't getting out alive. Ghost schools and a surprise to scare you out of your skin. You won't want to miss this thrilling conclusion to a favorite Disney Kingdoms miniseries. <laughs> so that's it. Haunted Mansion 1 through 5. This week's picks of the week for Marvel Unlimited. What do you guys think of that? You know, having um, having taken a ride on the Haunted Mansion, I, I, I'm i on board. <laughs> it's a little train reference, but I'm on board for this, you know. Having seen it with the lights on was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> what about you, Bart? Uh, I have never been to Disney, so I have never seen it, unfortunately. Did you, have you read the books? I, ha- I have read those books, actually. I read those and the... Um, God, what's his name? The dragon. Figment. Figment. I keep wanting to call him Fidget, and I know that's not his name. Uh, I read those in the Figment series all at the same time. Okay. And I love them all. Yeah, Disney Kingdom's just a great line, great series, and I wish they kept it going. I really did. Mm-hmm. So, um, any final thoughts? I can't think of anything. Art? No. Uh, I did hear this. Uh, There's a rumor that Loki's Disney Plus series will connect to Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, according to Fandom Wire, uh, the alternate timeline, Loki will use the Space Stone to return to the main MCU timeline just in time for Thor, Love, and Thunder, with a still intact Molnir too. How does he? How how he does that with the Space Stone alone is beyond us, but it's very it's a very intriguing idea nonetheless. Uh, and as always, this is a rumor that you take with a large grain of salt. We're talking, a large, <laughs> we're talking a grain of salt as big as Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. <laughs> so, um, you guys want to see the Loki series potentially tie into? I do. I Well, see, here's the thing for me, and this is one of the things that I do like, and I, and I think we may have talked about this on the show. I, I know we've talked about it on the show. One of the things that I kind of felt was a missed opportunity were 
regular connections between the ABC series, the Netflix series, and the MCU. Like they're like they would mention certain things, so you know that they are happening in the same universe, but they were still actively separate. I I like this idea of things happening in these series. So in this case, things happening in the Loki series that would tie to the Scarlet Witch series. Uh, and I like that because it encourages further like engagement. Right. You know, and so it's so this story isn't just something that you can go see on a DVD or in a theater, you know, it's part of a much bigger world. And those decisions, those actions that took place in the movie can affect a TV series that that an upcoming TV series. I like that. I, I do. So I don't know. What about you, Bart? I the way given if we're looking at it from that this is a Loki from the first Avengers. I I wonder if that if it would be even possible to merge it into something that far ahead. Right. I mean, it would be nice. Just to get all the characters in there, but they'd have to have a really good story to pull that off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. I, be interesting to see what happens. Right. And if so, maybe this is the way it's all connected actually comes about. <laughs> so, well, that's gonna wrap it up for us this week. Um, hopefully, we're the Intrepid Trio is back next week. But you no, know, it's not saying we don't enjoy Bart when he's on. We know Bart can be busy and. Uh, and- Take you taking time out, man, to come over yeah. to come over the uh, above ground underwater suborbital volcano layer. No problem. I'm just glad your access card still works. Mm-hmm. Especially since Thursday's been around. Wait a Let's minute, you gave board. me an access card? Uh, Kyle. I, I gave a card. How did you get in? I have been just climbing through the air vents every time I get here. Okay. Well, no, that's. That's an awfully long air vent. That's a that's a very long air vent. Maybe 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 we should send you to Shield Academy if you're able to do that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's already uh, been through the academy. He's, well, that's why he's a field agent. Would there be a second Shield Academy? I mean, cause geez, I mean, I I never had to do that. Maybe Bart needs to teach at the academy. Oh, huh? there's that. How to how to gain access without a key card. <laughs> so, well, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Thursday, if you would, please. The clean slate protocol, sir? Uh, no, you could just shut down for the night. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, it's time to go dark. <laughs> Activating security protocol self-destruct sequence, erasing all data.